Oh god, what we got? It's just so fucking stressful. <laughs> um, right, episode two hundred and thirteen. Leicester was must win, and we didn't. So I'm not sure I have the right term for what this one is. Mustn't fuck up. Mustn't fuck up. Right. Yeah, well, I'll, that might be the title. Uh, I'm Jack, joined by KC. We are doing this real, a lot closer to the game than we normally would. My fault, I've been sick all week. Um, we will talk about the Leicester game and how much we get into umming and ahhing about what we're going to do against Bournemouth depends entirely on what time it is because we might even have team news. Uh, but, we will, but we will start with the Leicester game. Um, in the ground... This was infuriating. How about for the TV perspective, Casey? Incredibly infuriating. <laughs> Obviously, there, there are certain elements of the game that you that you kind of miss out on. Um, it was very hard not to see the gaping chasm that was the middle of our midfield and the space that Leicester continued to run into for a solid 25 minutes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah, I was got to protect those substitutes. So. Yeah, I know that we obviously this was points dropped. You're ahead. You're ahead for that long. You've got to win the game against a poor side. Uh, it shouldn't be a poor side. We've got a lot of good players, um, but the the way that we played this game, I just thought we were so negative and like just soft and standoffish, and it was everything I didn't want to see us be. I think it's really disappointing considering I, I I fully appreciate with Grathia there was a a needs must attitude to certain games of look I know we are at home but we cannot press Brighton they they will pass circles round us and and I was fine with that we are playing a team below us in the league Why a team below we... us in the league who have been susceptible to being pressed like, why are we not going for this? You know, we did against Southampton. Um, I don't, I'm trying to remember. I, the games we've won now are so far. Uh, we did, we did against Forest as well. I mean, Forest were dreadful. Yeah. Like, really bad but against I, I, us. I can't see why we we got in front in this one. And then we didn't think, right, they've got to come out for this. They can't settle for, you know, they can't take a 1-0 defeat against a team so close to them. Go get them, like, go press them. Because there's going to be even more space. And, and, and you know, I know they have quality attacking players there. It's it, it's that the sort of front four you can kind of choose from that does make you question why Leicester are in this trouble in the first place. But if you cut off the supply to them, yeah, like they they are going to be a lot less effective, but we just didn't. No, um, we I I thought we were so passive, and I I didn't think we were very good. I thought Leicester were better for most of the game. Um, early on, Yuri Tielemans as a goal disallowed. It was offside, like the first header down. Is it was it Samari that was offside? Can't yeah, remember. it was headed down, and he kind of and it sort of he hit ends up flicking it back, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, but what would like. Although that is offside, it's one of them you could say we were very lucky there because the goal itself is a screamer from 20 yards. And no like, one knows it's offside. Yeah, and no one's even close to him. No one no one in the ground had any idea. 
once he stopped and said there was a VAR check, my first thought was, because one thing I did point out in the stand, I said, they've got like basically three men marking Melier and we're letting them. Hmm. So my first thought was that one of them was still stood directly in front of Melier. Because the, that was the starting position, but then, and obviously I don't, I can't see the big screen from the back of his stand up or either. So I, I just was, I just saw everyone go, yay. Okay. It's offside then. Um, but got away with one. And then we did pick up a little bit and did score for once a pretty good goal. Uh, good little bit in the play down the left. Um, played into Western McKenney out to Harrison. Harrison cuts inside, drives in. And one of the things with having an inverted winger, cuts inside and he's on his strong side, puts in a fantastic cross, Sinistera back post header, 1-0 leads. Right, you've met, you've had your, you've had your let off and you've took advantage. Now you've got to really go. And from basically the second we scored that goal until about the 88th minute, no impetus, no anything, just sit back, let them have the ball. I saw a stat going round that we had roughly 50% Pass completion from that point. Mm. It was just like get rid, don't really think about it too much. Let them have all the space in the world. Um, Sinistera went off injured to be replaced by Somerville. Sinistera out for the season. Um, Somerville, I think it said a lot about it that Somerville, everyone came away going, Somerville played really well. Why did he play really well? Because he defended really well. Now, I'd be glad to see him defend really well. That is a good quality to have but we apart from one run where he beat a man and got fouled I don't think he had the ball in their final third no we I, I'm amazed just looking at the stats now that we had 13 shots in that game I, I don't remember much of that a lot you of know, them we, were very poor ones you know we, we got into a couple of good areas I, I know um so early in the second half, you had that chance where I think it's Samara goes for a header and just completely misses it and Rodrigo cuts inside, but he doesn't get his shot away. So yeah. that won't be there. Um, you know, there the, the were odd moments, but, you know, it happened in the first half as well where there was a good five, ten minutes where we barely touched the ball because mm. Leicester were, were moving it around pretty well. Um and you just you were just looking going, this is I know I know it seems like a defensive move, but it became clear fairly early on we need another body in midfield yeah. to, to give us something to build off of. Um which I think is why the the substitution for bringing Aronson on for Rodrigo, which in and of itself was I could sort of understand Rodrigo. Yeah, I, I don't think it was performance-related. He might have been a bit knackered because he'd run around a lot. And Rodrigo did have the look of someone who was going to get sent off. Yeah, he'd already got his yellow card, hadn't he? And um, was, was charging into a couple of tackles. And it's, and it's quite nice to see Rodrigo like that. And he was trying to sort of fire up the crowd a bit. So, so again, I, I didn't really have an issue taking him off. But we, we put Aronson on who... And again, I can't really complain too much about Aronson. I, th I think there was one moment he went 1v1 and I think that might have been with Samari as well. Um, and he sort of gets muscled off it, but not in the typical oh no, I, I have been felled. Please yeah. save me. And I'm like, no, he just got beaten to the ball. That was fine. But 
the whole time you then think put put him in the middle, put him in midfield. Just just have Mark Rocker sit in front of the back four because his legs are gone. You know, I, I, we only made the two substitutions. Graffier afterwards spoke about how well, you know, I didn't I didn't want to potentially waste the last substitution, and then it turns out that the players didn't have the energy left. You're like. No, I'm looking at a midfield that doesn't have the energy left. That, that's happening now. Yeah, it didn't start with a great deal of energy. No, um, like, and we had three. It's you know, I know it was the last substitution break, but we had three subs. We could, you know, we could have brought three players on. Um, and I really thought by putting Aronson, on, you, he put himself in this situation of, well, Harrison's having a good game. I can't bring him off. Bamford is seemingly the only striker left at this football club now that Rodrigo's off the pitch, so I can't take him off. Somerville's defending quite well, and he only came on as a sub, so I can't bring him off. Um, we need to plug a gap in midfield, so I can't really take one of the centre mids. Are you just there, girl? Like you, this mental gymnastics you're having to do is try and figure out who needs to come on. Well, you you do sometimes get that with Pan. I mean, it it's weirdly the description of that. It's almost like it was anxiety about a sub. You know, it's oh, there's five things I can do, so you end up doing none of them. Like that is a thing with how humans work. Mm. Like it really is. But I mean, everyone in the stand knew a sub need. The thing that really annoyed me with the lack of subs. There was two. There's two separate bits. There's the lack of subs, which implies he thought it was going well enough that we were going to hang on to a win, which means he wasn't watching the game because everyone could see they were going to score the way the game was going. And Aronson for Rodrigo, even though Aronson in and of himself did fine, you had two options there. You either bring on someone like Nonto and you go for it and you push up a bit more and you have bodies fall and you try and catch him and you try and get a second. Or if you are going to just sit back in the way that we did, bring on a third midfielder. Hell, bring on another defender. If we're going to sit and be completely passive and not press at all, then play five four one if you're gonna if that's what you're gonna do. I don't want us to do that, but if you are going to sit and just defend, have extra bodies back because what happens is we're defending, but ending up with like a medium line instead of a low line, not putting any pressure on the ball. So what happens? They're able to play their way through and get in behind. Like it's just we didn't we neither shot nor got off the pot. <laughs> <laughs> basically is what happened we were and this is the first one because as much as we got battered by Palace and we got battered by Liverpool and we were crap against Fulham this is the first game where I'm looking at it and going I think this one is properly on Graffia like I can't there's no defence for those decisions they were te they were bad decisions no and unfortunately the warning signs were there and I know there were a couple of offsides but they kept breaking through um, you know, it's the fantastic double save that Melier makes, where the, the rebound is smashed into his chest. Yeah, I think I think that what it was given offside that second one, but Melier wasn't to know that. No, it was a, a cracking save. But the fact they were getting into those positions constantly, you just knew it was going to come. Mm. Um, so, so by the time the goal comes, which which comes from, if I remember rightly, our throwing about ten yards into their half. And our back line's on the halfway line. And I'm yeah, we saying, pushed up I, really high. 
I'm not, I'm not, which for given how the game was going, you know, I'm not saying they need to be camped out on the edge of our area, but another five or six yards back, and I think you're probably okay, but I just. Yeah, uh, which I shouldn't let the players off entirely because there is one thing Cooper's attempt at a tackle on the Inaccio isn't great, um, and Furpo gets done miles too easily. I haven't seen. The, the injury news, so I don't know how badly affected he and Acho was by the injury he picked up. But it that looked man, like his that, groin. That, that man did his groin and still played a through ball. Yeah, I play it a lot of the time, can't do that when they're healthy. Um, but yeah, they... Yeah, it breaks down. Ian Acho limps, but manages to... admit. Actually, he played a ball that was about five yards short, which is why I was annoyed at Furpo. Because Furpo could have got there, and if he couldn't get there, it was far enough out he ain't going to get sent off. Just clean out Madison. Yeah. Uh, like, it'd have been a yellow. It'd have been a yellow with an appeal for more, but it'd have been a yellow. And, you know, again, the danger goes because for some reason, James Madison's set pieces all night were terrible. Um, goes back, So that's 1-1. One, one. Jamie Vardy, really good finish. They're pushing up. We're, we're starting to push out a bit more. We get caught again. Jamie Vardy has a goal disallowed. He has no reason to be offside. None whatsoever. It was terrible forward play from Jamie Vardy. If no, he just engages if he engages his brain for two seconds, he stays onside and they win that game. The the cheek of that man to start wagging his finger at the linesman, telling yeah. him no, there is no it's like no, you were a mile offside. I think it's because he couldn't believe that he'd done it. No, I'm I'm good at timing runs. It's what I do. Because yeah. we good view of it from where we were in the stand even under that much stress and everything every lead time just went ah that's offside and like just didn't react it was fine because he was so far off See, that, um, that, that, that was the thing because obviously for me I watching at that sort of camera angle as well and then the confidence with which he runs away saying that's not offside this, the doubt sets in going have we really given him that much space in the middle like um and uh, you know, fortunately, we had that. Um, I, I'm, I'm literally just looking at the, the the Leicester goal now. Ian Acho wins it just before that gets it just before the halfway line. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Every single outfield player yeah. is on that side of the pitch, but there are only two leads players between the ball and the goal. Yeah, you know, Luke Ayling's probably taken the throw in. I don't know why Robin Cock is that far forward. We are centre backs have had a thing lately on throw-ins, both sides, for sort of gambling and not yeah not getting anywhere out of it. I wonder if that is I wonder if that is instructed then because it has had a few times. Um, yeah, just a poor goal to give away. But we did then in about I don't know the eighty-eighth minute wake up of it. As well, uh, oh, good... we need to we need to try and get we need to get three points here. This game's important. Yeah, a good corner from if I remember rightly, Harrison, who had a good game. As as did uh, good is probably a stretch. Who had a much um, Weston McKenney had a much better game. It was a, a which was good to see because he needed one. Um, but yeah, ball in. Matt Locker gets his head on the corner about six yards out. Makes very good contact with it, but it hits Everson in the shoulder. It's not. It's one of them that's half a save, half it just hits him. 
And then it sort of bounces away. Rocker picks it up again on the edge of the box, plays through Allenton. Decent shot, not a great one, but saved again. That's, you know, one really great chance and one good one. Very close together. The Rocker one, which uh, Javi Glassier said was a bigger chance than the one I'm going to talk about in a minute, which uh, it was a very good chance. But if you think that, you're an idiot. Because <laughs> uh, he, he was still saying at that point that he thought the Bamford chance was offside. Yeah, but even whether it was or it wasn't, he was saying, but the chance, that's the big chance. Mm. No. Uh, corner in, flick on, Bamford. What, 10 yards of space at the back post? All but about two yards of the goal to aim at. Five yards out? Yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm just trying there to is, it again now. There is no way around... This and this is unfair if it happens, but it is the way it will be. If Leeds get relegated by a point, that's the moment. There's always um, you know, like um, we were joking, we always joke about that Tyrone Mings clearance off the line against Burnley, mm. and why we keep we constantly say Tyrone Mings best defender in the world. Is that that's why I've got that's why I've got a tattoo of Tyrone Mings full body on my back. Yeah, because. That block, but it but it was on it was a great block, but he had ten other yards to aim at that he could, would have just scored and he missed it. Burnley fans will look at that and go, if he scores that, we stay up. And there is a very real chance that come the end of May, we'll be looking at that Bamford chance and going, he scores back, we stay up. It's a horrific miss from a player playing with zero confidence. And I mean, we've said it before with Bamford, everyone has. We're usually better with him there than without him, but God, that's such a poor miss. I mean, again, I've got the uh, the highlights up here on YouTube, and the title of the video is Patrick Bamford, Sitter in Bold Capitals. Complete. Yeah. And that is, I mean, you know, over the season, our complete inability to defend is what's actually the reason. Because we have scored enough goals. But when you're looking back on it, that's not how you'll remember it. You will remember when Patrick Bamford missed safety. You know, like Shane Warne dropping a simple catch at second slip didn't actually drop the ashes for Australia. But mm. I still remember that, that being the thing. He's just dropped the ashes. And Patrick Bamford's miss might be like that. Yeah, that's... It's, it's going to be very unfortunate if that's the case. It's, it's horrendous because, again, I've just got it paused here and you're just looking how much space he's got. Um, I think there was the, the angle from behind the goal as well. Um, but, but again, I, like... I, I interrupt this message. This might just be for vibes, but Max Verber has travelled with the squad, as has Stuart Dallas. Oh, Jesus. Now, I'm guessing Dallas is there for vibes, but, you know. Stuart, can you walk it? Yep, you're at right back, son. Okay, and after the the rumours yesterday, Nonto is there as well. Yeah, that was slightly worrying, the uh, the rumours that he'd just been pictured in. in That he was in Harrogate and everyone else wasn't, was already there. Um, Could you imagine? I mean, if if life is a movie, if life is a movie, Stuart Dallas is scoring the goal that keeps us up. 
William Nonto will will still be on the bench when that happens. (laughs) Leeds need a goal, five minutes left. Nonto stays on the bench, on comes Dallas. Yay, Stuart, but what? (laughs) In an odd odd twist, Leeds are putting Joe Robles on up front. He's big, lad. He's big. Get it up to the big man. Um, Just sat on the bench. Oh, come on, he's a goalkeeper. (laughs) Italy on the phone going, son, you need to get yourself out there. You're telling me? Yeah. And then he scores, and from this moment on, that'll be the moment of the genesis of Robles. I I found it quite interesting listening to to the Phil Hayes show and, and, and sort of the comparisons between how reluctant Bielsa was to putting Gelhart in and getting asked questions about him every week. And and similarly, um, you know, Nonto, well, the questions of Nonto to Grathier. Um <laughs> but I think I think the, the the odd thing is as a fan where you're there going, well Bielsa would kind of give you his explanation as to why. Like yeah. whether you agreed with it or not. Like there were many people who said no, this whole Tyler Roberts thing in midfield just it just doesn't work. But he would give you his explanation as to why, and you kind of like, well, I can't argue that. I mean, I can because I've watched us every week, but it's just I think it's the fact that Grathier is so non-committal, which is which is the way in football these days. I, I understand that you know there's very few people who actually answer questions at press conferences like Bielsa did. But at some point, when you're looking going, right, we're not asking about this this kid who is untested at this level. He's an Italian international. Yeah. And he's already started games for us this season and been our best player. I I I really rate Somerville. But Nonto should be playing ahead of him. Yeah. It is a very odd one. It's not just that he's non-committal. He is a. He's not very inspiring, is he? No. No. There was. It was very rare. Now, what? Now he is. He wasn't my cup of tea with, you know, the all the full motivational middle management speak and stuff. But I can see how someone could be inspired by Jesse Marsh the way he talks. Even though it's, it probably wouldn't work on someone with my sensibilities, but it, there's something there. There's a confidence. There's a bravado. I mean, it's very cream walls, cream roof, <laughs> you know, just very plain. Uh, but, you know, we'll just have to see. I, the main thing that we thought that it would be is someone who is solid but not spectacular, who can, in theory, sort out a defence. Hopefully, he can get that back and we can pick up some points. Uh, speaking of picking up points and then not doing, uh, Leeds under-21s got beat by West Brom. Uh, Leeds needed a point to win the league and go back up to PL2 Division 1. Stop me if you've heard about games like this before as a Leeds fan, KC, but I'll go through it. Uh, Leeds were miles the better side. uh, Matteo Joseph missed a really good chance early on. There was a couple of other good efforts. And then they went 1-0 down, getting caught on the break after giving the ball away sloppily in midfield. But Leeds, still miles for that side. Uh, Jean McGurk does some good work. Finds Charlie Allen. Charlie Allen's cross. Sonny Perkins, 1-1. Uh, 
uh, then leads are miles for better side of me. Uh, just all over West Brom. They're having all the chances. Joseph missed another really big chance at the end of the first half. In the second half, actually, Gray missed two one-on-ones. McGurk had one wide. JB had one from distance, but went just wide. It was all that, and then West Brom scored a screamer from about 35 yards. Uh, Leeds panicking like mad in the second half, even before that goal, to be honest. Visibly, like, shitting themselves so they might mess this up. Uh... Missing chances, missing chances. Last minute, Diego Montero, completely unmatched in the box. Bouncing ball, perfect height, lovely to hit. Smashes it against the bar. Leeds lose 2-1, Southampton won the league. So the one thing that we looked like we were going to get, we might not get. Uh, It was like, it was Leeds heritage, this game. You just, you could, and, and everyone who was watching it, you were watching it and Leeds missing all these chances and going, oh, they're so losing. It's not, you can just see this coming. This is Wigan all over again. Yeah, it was, it was very 10-man Wigan. It wasn't quite that. The difference is, I suppose, we actually had some chances, whereas against Wigan, we just had loads of shots, but none of them were chances. Yeah. Uh, so it's good, to, you know, it's good to see that the the 21s are playing the same football as the, as the first team. Yeah. They were, you could see the nerves on a lot of the players. It was it was an odd watch. Also, just a thing that they need to do coaching wise. If you're going to play Jeremiah Jeremiah Mullin at left back, they need to teach him to take throw-ins. Because I don't think a single one of them were given, but he took like twelve throw-ins, and at least seven of them were foul throws. Like they just absolutely were. Um. So uh, Ali has just left a comment. Do the lads still get promoted? Just not win the league. Uh, that drops us into the playoffs. I believe it's second v fifth, third v fourth, and then winners of that play. And I believe Leeds get home games in both rounds, in theory, because I believe whoever's highest gets the home tie. It's uh, National League style, straight yeah. into the playoffs for second. Yeah, so we we play, I can't remember, whoever was fifth. and then in, uh, But they should all be, at, I'm assuming they'll move all them to Ellen Road, at least if they can. Um, at least if I can, they will, and that'll probably be worth going to. Um, I also had a realisation. It was after the game, so this was hindsight. You know if we're never going to play Jorginho Rutter? Maybe play him in the, in the 21s. I'm not sure why he didn't play in this game. Because <laughs> what harm would it do? You know, if, if we were using him giving him minutes, I'd say absolutely not, because you don't want to risk him getting injured. But, like... If he can pick up, if he could pick up a goal in a twenty ones game, it might give him some more confidence. Um, before we get on to the Bournemouth game, we'll quickly talk about the other games. Uh, starting with the bad one, Forest three, Brighton one on Wednesday night. That was annoying. Yeah, you, you listen to like listen to that on the radio. Um, it sounded like Forest had got off to a fairly bright start. They, they have got a decent home record. Brighton uh, were shooting themselves in the foot a lot. I mean, like the penalty that Forrest got, a stupid hand just basically stands on the ball, loses it, and then fouls someone. Yeah. Um, but you know, they, they get the let off, the penalty is 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 missed, and you think, right, here we go. Take your chance. And then they go one nil up as well. And you're thinking, right, off you go, Brighton. But no. Couldn't even no, do they- that. 
No, they just they just weren't at the races that day. I mean, like the the second goal, the Danilo goal for Forest. Uh, yeah, that was the second one. Was again just standing. It was a very Leeds goal to concede. Standing on the ball in midfield and just getting dispossessed and break. Uh, but the other ones did all go. Probably the best way for us. There's an argument Southampton nil Bournemouth won is better as a draw. But if a team below us loses, I'm never going to complain. Uh, Everton won Newcastle 4 on Thursday. Uh, where I, I, I imagine we had the same reaction, uh, despite the fact that Newcastle were looking fairly dominant at that point. As soon as Everton scored, you went, oh, God. Here comes the comeback. Yeah, I did have a moment of that. And then, and then for, I said, for, fortunately, Newcastle scored a minute later. And you went, oh, yeah. God. That was the ridiculous Alexander Isaac assist, wasn't it? Mm. Um, what I would say is, even though Everton completely collapsed in a 4-1 win, I still thought that they looked sort of better than we do, which is not a good sign. But I suppose performances don't matter now. It's just get some results. Uh, and then yesterday, big one. Uh, Brentford 2, Nottingham Forest 1 Josh De Silva with a 94th minute winner um, We did get to watch the back end of this We needed that desperately Because Forest's next game is Southampton at home So I think Forest are getting three points in the next game We needed them to lose this one Yeah Especially At this point of the season when you're seeing South um Sorry, Nottingham Forest with their dreadful away record. 1-0 up at Brentford with a very good home record. Yeah, and complete having had like basically one attack the entire game by the sounds of it. I mean, I mean, this is you know, including yesterday now, but Brentford had only lost two at home all season. Mm. Forest with their one win away and seven goals prior to that. And you're just thinking this is this is madness if a team as well organised as Brentford are losing this game. But fortunately, uh, they get the equaliser, which I'd like to say even told the free kick, which it was. But I'm pretty sure that was an own goal. Yeah, it's uh, it's very poor goalkeeping as we as we ended up watching at the time. And at that point, I was like, right, I can I can live with a point here. I can live with that. It's it's not great, but and then the beautiful, beautiful Brentford never had an issue with them. Always liked Thomas Frank. Yeah, Thomas Frank's not a bell end at all, is he? Yeah. <laughs> In fairness, I think Thomas Frank would probably take how, how how we feel about him. He's a really good coach, he's just a bit of a bell end. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not like we're saying he's shit at his job. <laughs> And then obviously we had the the agony of watching the offside decision on that uh, and VAR taking two or three minutes to go over whether it was offside at all and then she's just like this is this is awful. Yeah, because it did look offside, didn't it? But, but it wasn't. <laughs> I'm so glad we learned from the lessons of last season to not get ourselves in this position again. Yeah. Hey, remember that we we can't go down, it's impossible. Having four shows back, look, see. Yeah. Um, so that result just made it all the more clear to everyone, even though everyone already knew we've got a win today. Also, on Monday night, let's to play Everton, which might be a bit interesting. Uh so on to Bournemouth. Uh 
McKenny's quote unquote mate has just tweeted a load of emojis, so I'm wondering if he's been dropped. Uh, the... by, by the way, one of the things I, I really hadn't noticed Everton have only won one game away from home this season, they've only scored two more goals than, than Forest. Yeah, so they, they did get a draw at Ellen Road, though, didn't they? Yep, yeah. yeah. um, they um, they've only conceded 26 away though, while Forest have conceded 41, so yeah. There is that, but yeah, Everton, uh, who are away at Leicester on Monday, um, that's one of those where I suppose you want a draw, isn't it? When you look at the Pro- table, probably, yeah. Um, I mean, looking at it, like, I mean, God, if and I'm, I'm saying if, not even with expectation because I don't think we will, but if we win today, we would be four points clear of Leicester. And five clear of Everton. If they then drew. Yeah. And three points. And three points ahead of Forest with a significantly better goal difference. Yeah. So even if Leicester then won, or, you know, either one of Leicester or Everton wins, there's still someone else dropping in who you've got a bit of a cushion on. Yeah. Which is why this one is so vital. Um, but you know, to... can't wait to see us defend our way through this one. Yeah, this one, I think it's very vital to rock around and round time. Unfortunately, winning away from home is tricky, 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 tricky. Uh, <laughs> so, Bournemouth have won four from the last six, uh, three of them away, but they are playing pretty well. They are scoring plenty of goals, which is the main worry. They are basically safe. It takes something miraculous for them to not be at this point, you'd think. Yeah, they've... Again, just looking at the league table, we've actually conceded the same amount of goals and we've scored 10 more than them. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think a big portion of the the goals Bournemouth conceded came at the start of the season and last weekend against West Ham. Yeah, that was a weird result, that West Ham result, because they've been good. You know, beat Fulham 2-1. Lost 2-0 to Brighton, but Brighton, you know, basically about as good as anyone most of the time. Uh, won at Leicester, won 3-2 at Spurs. Hammered by West Ham, won at Southampton. They have been playing some not great sides in that run, except that, except Brighton by the looks of it. But um, Other than they've got Tavernier out, I believe, um, who was really good against us and is a Leeds fan. Uh, well, at least his brother and is, and he's from Leeds, so yeah. I'm f- thinking it's pretty likely uh, that Hamid Traore is out. Well. You're not sorry. He's been scoring a couple of goals recently as well. He yeah, last week or midweek yeah. in Southampton. So um, he's got a peach of a left foot because he keeps just. I think I've seen him score the same goal about four times now. Just gets it on the corner of the penalty area, cut onto his left, curls it into the far corner. He's quite. They've got a lot of. Good players, but too. But like, I mean, I like Billing. I've always thought he's a good player, and he'll be up. He'll probably play as like the ten in a four-two-three-one. Dominic Solanke up front is someone that I really like. He's sort of, he's got a lot of Bamfordy stuff about him. Only he's quicker and he's a much better finisher. Um, their back, their backline isn't great, like at all. Um, that Watara as well on the wing. I hadn't really seen out of him before they signed him. He looks pretty good. Yeah. They've, uh, obviously, Lewis Cook is still there. 
and I'm assuming broken. And even if uh, he isn't, he probably won't be playing. I was going to say he was he was on the bench uh, against Southampton, but yeah, bless him. Yeah, stay um, on the bench, please don't score against us. Well, this might be the least amount of time we've had in order to be wrong because the team uses in nine minutes. So we will probably make that like the last two minutes of the podcast. Yeah. Well, uh, no, no. Does Nonto play? No. Good. Moving on. <laughs> I Well, we'll start with that. I think he has to. Now that Sinistero is out, it has been our main goal threat for the last five weeks. I think he has to start Nonto on the left. I mean, I mean, uh, the, the I mean, you're going to is Somerville, right? It, it, yeah, it's absolutely Somerville. The fact that Willie Nonto never even got up from the bench when Sinistera got injured, mm. like, I, I feel like it tells us. And again, if I've never quite understood when you get managers like, well, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say who's who's not fully fit or anything like that because it's it's giving the opposition information. Like, if Willie Nonto isn't fit enough to play, th- th- that's fine. I, I I mean, I don't know why he's been on the bench for a number of weeks, but that that's absolutely fine. One of the few strengths of this team is we have got quality wingers. So to say that yeah. Nonto's not out, but Somerville and Harrison will play is, is fine. You know, you, you're still putting out two decent wingers there. Um, But if he's not even fit enough to come off for the last 10 minutes against a team below us in the table... Why is he there? You see, I don't think Graffier's lying about it. I think he's fully fit. I just think Graffier doesn't fancy him. Just straight up does not fancy him. Mm. There's something... Well, <laughs> Michael Brown, there is something going on behind the scenes with Nonto and Graffier. I don't even think it's behind the scenes. I think we're seeing the scenes and he just doesn't rate him. I think he's wrong, but I, I, I almost wish he'd come out and just say that. Just like, you know, if it, if it's just... Because I know that he's saying, look, I think there's lots of good players and I pick the team, which is right. As much as I disagree with him, it's on him. He can pick whatever side he wants. But I'm just failing to understand it. Um, yeah, it's it's just at this point looking and, and thinking how... how Whatever way you look at it, how him and Ruta don't get on in matches at this point, but Brendan Aronson, who is woefully out of form, mm. but he continues to to get game time. Yeah. And I understand there is a logic to, to if if Brendan Aronson is one of the best in training, he you know he's got the best attitude, he works really hard and he, he does well in training. I understand that to an extent, but at some point you've got to go, right, that's grand, but when you put when you play him in a real football match, it's not going well. Yeah, they, they still picked uh, shares, didn't they, when he was out drinking because he was so good. Yeah. People still pick back managers when he was in form, still pick Balotelli because, oh, he's really good. It sort of works more the opposite way. Um, do you think there'll be any changes elsewhere on the pitch? Obviously, someone comes in for Sinistera. Verba, although he's gone with the squad. He definitely didn't train until yesterday, so you have to assume he's not going to start. Um, no, I, 
I don't think I'd drop Cooper. There's an argument to dropping Furpo again, I suppose, and, and just trying to be as solid as you can at the back if, if uh, Berber is fit enough for it. But again, I, I, I question the logic of of putting someone in who's, you know, putting someone into a position where they have to get up and down the pitch when they're not fully fit. Like, I think he'd, he'd be better off playing in front of the back four. Yeah. And literally uh, very- just, just sitting deep. There is. I still think that there is a chance that we see three midfielders, but if we see it now, it'll actually make me more annoyed that he didn't make that change against Leicester. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I think we stick with the the four four two, the four two four, whichever way you look at it. Uh, um, are, are you assuming that we will have uh, Bamford with Rodrigo off him? Yeah. Who else are you going to put in? Because you clearly can't play Ruta and not yeah, he's so. not. He's not going to play Nonto through the middle because he would have done by now. He's not going to play Ruter. End of sentence. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have no idea. Um, I, I am just waiting for Stuart Dallas to be in the starting lineup and us to just have a fucking heart attack. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is dabbing Sommer at Nottingham Forest all over again. Oh, God, I remember that. When they just threw him in out of nowhere. You're like, what? Yeah, just, what? Just, just go start. Gaffer, I can barely what get out there. Oh look, he's he's very unfit. And by the looks of things, still injured. Um, utterly, yeah. uh, utterly surprising. Yeah. Um, yeah. Marsh saying Nonto wasn't Premier League ready when he first arrived, but he changed because of what he saw. Mancini plays Nonto for Italy. Opponents fear Nonto. Graffia, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, they one thing with Bournemouth is they they switch between a four-two-three-one and like a three at the back with wing backs. Um, we don't really do tech- tactical flexibility, but like, I'm cer- I, I, because of the way they've played, I think Ailing will play anyway. But I think that makes Ailing certain to play in case there's any reason that we have to go to a three to sort yeah. of match it. Because if they sort of push Billing up with Solanke and go to a three, I would really want three centre backs versus four. If we go 2v2 against Billing and Solanke, we'll get killed. I mean, you know, the, the prior evidence for us this season was that we didn't deal well with with Billy and, and Solanke anyway. We just didn't deal well with Bournemouth, did we? Until they... I mean, that was before Gary O'Neill kind of found his feet, did he? Because uh, he, 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 he made he bad had... changes and didn't... And I mean, God, it, it's hard to remember it now because of how little he's done since. But God, Sam Greenwood absolutely changed that game. He scored that absolute peach that was essentially a free kick that he curled in from about 25 yards out yeah, on his left foot. On, on his weak foot. Well, I say weak that, that man does not have a weak foot. Yeah, if he's once 20 out of 20, if he wants 17. Well, like... that, that, that's the other thing to look at from, you know, the, the potential changes that we could have made to put an, to put an extra person in midfield. That just If you just take it from the squad that was available for the Leicester game, mm. you could have put... The obvious one was for sure. You've got Greenwood there. You could have put Strauch in there. Allegedly, Rasmus Christensen's a central midfielder. He could play in there. And, you know, when you're looking good, no, we, we even had the options. Yeah. You, and he you just could have done nothing. any of those. Um, I mean, Sam Greenwood is... By the way, I, t- I sort of want to apologise to... to I think it was Ali a couple of weeks ago we had when he asked about the potentially putting Greenwood in the midfield. 
And uh, I think I was very confident in that it wouldn't have worked. And now I just think, yep, yeah, put him in. Yeah, and now you're yeah. thinking, oh, you might have had some up there because no, you know what? This. Yeah, just just be a body, be the attacking one of the three because even with his new aerodynamic haircuts, uh, Mark Rocker is no more mobile than he ever was. Um, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, could... As it goes, seeing this is in the comments, he's been saying Greenwood should be in for a month. He's played two games, put more decent deliveries into the box than all our team added together at that point. Uh, that's fair. Although one weird thing, corners have been marginally better lately. <laughs> yeah, it's been I'd... it's quite rare. Um, before the team news comes out, because we will, it's good to have it for the bets, but it's only fair. Before the team news, KC, can I get a score from you? Uh, I'm gonna say we win two one. Two one win. I'm going for a one all draw because I just don't have faith anymore. I have lost all the faith. Refreshes Twitter. The team news isn't there, even though it's time. Great. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my bet is also completely non-reliant on team news anyway. So because um, I've gone so conservative. Right. Melier in goal. Uh, oh, this might have been why people were confused. I whoa. What where? Hmm. Ha. <laughs> okay. Oh. Melier in goal, Ailing at right back, Cock and Cooper at centre back. I can only assume Rasmus Christensen at left back. Rocker and McKenney, Somerville, Harrison, Nonto, Bamford. <laughs> why? Why not now? So. What I would say is on the bench there is Verbert, Strauch, and Furpo who uh, who all can play left back. Yep. Um, but the I mean the other the other interpretation of this. Oh, do you think Melier and Goal a back three of Ailing or Christensen, either one of them on the right, Cock in the middle, Ailing. Cooper on the left. Um, the other availing Christensen right wing back, Harrison at left wing back, Rocker and McKenney in the middle. Nonto uh, Somerville. Rocker McKenney and Rocker McKenney and Somerville in the middle with Harris with Bamford and Nonto, or Rocker and McKenney in the middle, some of them and Somerville and Nonto either side of Bamford. That could that, that could must he, be a back three. It could equally be Jack Harrison centre mid. Uh, yeah, but again, I, only like if... I don't... that that lineup with a back with a back with three centre backs makes the most sense. Um, yeah, that's that's. Uh, I mean, I am a. I genuinely, I've said for a while that I think our squad kind of suits a back three. But it's weird to do it now and with that configuration of players. Um, by the way, the bench was Robles, Furpo, Strauch, Verber, Farshaw, Ruter, Aronson, Sam Greenwood, Rodrigo. So Dallas is there for vibes. Yeah. Um, Ali, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, could, it, could it even be a 3-5-2? I think it, it might be a 3-5-2. It, it really might be. Um, the, I mean, I'm glad to see Nonto win. I think he had to. Uh, 
where it kind of. I mean, that it might work. I'm just surprised to see it now. As I guess, I mean, even with the various permutations of it, even depending on how you look at it, is it who do you have playing as the as the out and out winger, and who do you have playing as as the as the inside winger with Nonto and Somerville? If that's the case, if if it's five two three, yeah. If it's five two three, I think they both play relatively central. And in theory, the width comes from the uh, wing backs, and we kind of press central and try and defend wide. Uh, I, almost, I'm I'm trying to think of a way to get this into a Mike Bassett Christmas cake joke. Uh, <laughs> But no, um, yeah, that's interesting. Well, I don't know. Honestly, we'll see. And we need to uh, wrap this up anyway so that we can go watch a game. So all we need, all I need, KC, is a bet from you. Uh, I have gone with the ultra-conservative bet of each team to have two or more corners in each half. And then... uh, which sounds really likely, and it almost never comes in. I know, it's three to one. Yeah, <laughs> um, I haven't really because mine has changed slightly. Uh, what is the? I am gonna have because I think he's gonna be massively up for this. Nonto four Sent plus off. four <laughs> plus fouls, four or more fouls, which is eight to one. And I don't think that's eight to one. Uh, so yeah. I don't think anyone saw that coming as team news <laughs> at all. I haven't yet looked at the timeline. It'd be too distracting during the podcast. Uh, but yeah, my main, just uh, like my, my grad here, I hope Nonto has a really good game, scores the winner. It'll give him no excuse but to keep playing him. Yeah, truth be told, I, I don't care if Nonto has a one out of 10 games as long as we win. We just have to win. There is no, there is no more wiggle room. You have to fucking win this game. But where's the wiggle room? You need some wiggle room. Um, if if you were that way inclined about um, Nomta's performance, he is six to five to either score or get a card. That's not bad, actually. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, that will do us for episode two hundred and thirteen of the Mike White's podcast. This is not going. This sort of timing isn't going to be a regular thing. It's just the way things worked out this week. Um, we will be back some point after the game. Hell, if we win, if we win five 0 we might be back this evening. But I doubt that's going to happen. So uh, I've been Jack. See you. I mean, Casey, have a good one. Just please.